everyone and welcome to another beer review. Now today we're actually back on the Czech series and we're actually really doing a Czech beer that's actually brewed in the Czech Republic because so far we've done two beers. One was a Czech beer but it's actually brewed in the UK which is Starl Pramen and then we had a kind of collaboration between Thornbridge which is a British brewery and Budweiser Budvar from the Czech Republic making supposed I don't know what they were making but they were making something in the UK using Budvar yeast and all kind of British ingredients and uh, I've, well the reviews there if you want to go and see it um, let's be totally honest there's a lot of people saying it's a wonder it's a wonderful beer and yes you can really you can really tell the, the Czech um, beer flavours and everything else well, I couldn't taste any of that. But anyway, I'm not going to go and repeat myself. So at the end of the day, that's where we're at with that. And uh, today we're going to be doing Gabrinus. Gabrinus is basically um, beer that's brewed um, by Pilsner Orkel. And it is a lager. And as you can see, it's got a 10 on it. So... 10 is classed as the kind of original or standard, like a Bichner. And uh, the 10 refers to 10 on the Plato beer scale, basically, which is, the uh, best way to kind of break it down is, um, the Plato scale basically measures the amount of fermentable material in what, which is basically unfermented beer basically when you mix all the grains and everything else you extract all the sugars out of the malt and the grains and everything else and uh, it changes the density of the liquid and what it does is this basically is a, a very popular scale to use in Europe for determining how much fermentable material is in the wort. Now, the reason why they do that is, well, you'll see a lot of them basically saying because, yes, you can then work out the alcohol by volume. Yes, you can. It's the same like basically using specific gravity, which is what we use in the UK quite a lot. In America, they use um, the Plato scale, specific gravity. I don't know if they use the drinks. I don't know. But I know in a lot of kind of... Uh, in spirit making and also in wine making, they use the Brinks scale, um, which is B-R-I-N-X, Brinks scale, which is used. Um, I use the Brinks scale because obviously I come from more of a kind of spirit background. So I use the Brinks scale even when I'm doing home brewing. And of course, I, it's easy to convert back and forward between um, Brinks and specific gravity SG. Another thing, of course, is that uh, a lot of hydrometers, um, op optical hydrometers, are in the Brink scale, and that's why I'm used to using it and, and makes life quick and easy. But we'll cover that because we will be doing a, a kind of homebrew kind of uh, videos just to kind of give tips and helpful kind of things. And that. So we will be covering that and we'll go into that in more detail. But with kind of more European beer brewing, they work with the Plato scale. So 10, you can work out with that on that scale because you look at it, what it's 
what the level is before and what the level is afterwards in the Pareto scale. And then, of course, you do a little bit of mass and you can work out what the alcohol volume is. In other words, how much alcohol has been created and how much density have you actually lost from fermentable materials basically being fermented and then turned into alcohol. Because alcohol has a different weight and ratio to than sugars does. So there you go. So that's how it basically does. That's a quick enough thing. So again, in the Czech Republic, they like to do that so then people kind of know what they're getting flavour-wise and everything else. Now, what they don't tell you is, as part of the fermentable material is, if you know that, then you can work out how much yeast you're going to need to apply. So you've got your volume, you've got your basically fermentable material, so then you can work out, one, how much yeast you want to use and what type of yeast and everything else that's going to give you maybe the best results depending on flavour wise and obviously on fermentable pe- well, fermentation period so you can also work that out as well and you can think well yes, we want to kind of hit this kind of mark we should be getting this mark if everything goes well but one of the other things as well with this system is you can also work out how much now this is a bit of a strange one because a lot of people would probably say this is wrong but it isn't and you need to understand this because everybody just, well, it's all fucking Chinese whispers in this industry. But the two things you can also work out from the Plato scale is, and the yeast and how much yeast you're going to need. You also can then work out how much um, yeast nutrients you want to add to help with the initial colony. So basically you want your yeast to kind of colonise and take hold very, very quickly. So you, there's two things it needs for that. And the two things it needs is nutrients. Because, of course, when it comes in there, it's looking for very basic nutrients just to kind of start to colonise and start to kind of build up a a colony so then it can then start feeding on the sugars and start basically making alcohol. But what it also needs as well as these nutrients, it needs oxygen. So you need... So your wort should be well oxygenated and really well kind of vigorously mixed up and everything else before you add the yeast. That's what you want. So again, sometimes it's the case is they'll bubble oxygen through and things like that just to kind of boost the oxygen levels just so they know that the yeast has got the best environment to really kick off, get a good stronghold, get a good colony going and really start again. Because again... The more efficient the yeast works, i.e. the better environment, the quicker the fermentation, the quicker the product's going to be in for conditioning, and the quicker it's going to be out to the public and bringing in money and things like that. So that's what it's all about. I mean, it is a business, and they've got to try and do it as efficiently as possible. So again, that's one of the reasons we do it on SG as well and things like that, which is specific gravity. But you will see this. So a lot of times you'll see 10 but you will see, obviously, the alcohol content later on, and you'll see it there. But again, it's not front and centre as what you get in more kind of British beers and things like that. So this is basically brewed by Pilsner Urquell. It is a lager because there's certain UBI's range that's used for Pilsner in the Czech Republic. So funnily enough, a lot of them, in fact, well, let's be totally honest, there's only one that really classes itself as a Pilsner. All the rest will basically class themselves as laggers. But funnily enough, if they transport themselves over here, suddenly they're Pilsners again, you know, because there you go. Now, this is within the Czech Republic. Obviously, a lot of other different criteria for Pilsners are used in other countries. But in the Czech Republic, Pilsner or Kel is the only one that's really kind of referred to as a Pilsner. All the rest are referred to as a lager. And... uh, this one, of course, it's made with, uh, I don't know what's the hop variety on this one. 
see how good my check is. Oh, Sladek. Sladek um, hops is uh, what's used for this one because they only use a single hop with Gambrinus. Now, this is one of the most popular beers. Quite funnily enough, this beer, Kozel and Pilsner Arkel, are the three main kind of beers from the kind of uh, same kind of brewing company which is owned by Asai. And they've got basically roughly about 50% of the beer market in the Czech Republic. They absolutely wipe the floor. And one of the scariest things is Bohemia. You've heard of Bohemian yeast and everything else. And Bohemia is the old kind of, kind of historical medieval area of the Czech Republic, which of course is renowned for brewing and everything else. And there's a lot of kind of tradition within that. Okozo is the biggest seller in Bohemia. All the different regions that make up Bohemia, or the, the old area of Bohemia, or region, is actually Kozo. Um So yes, these are good beers, and this is a very popular one with uh, Czech drinkers. But we will cover, because there's an interesting one coming up with Budweiser Budvar, and I've got some really good stats on that. And it's going to shock you. It's going to shock you. So look out for the, the Budweiser Budvart review because I'm going to give you some stats that nobody else has given you. And it's going to basically dispel, dispel a lot of myths that we have, especially in this country, because, oh, by God, can we lay on the bullshit? And there's a lot of bullshit, unfortunately, um, in this country relating to beer and everything else, not just by brewing it, but some of the crap they come out with and, oh, Everyone's so traditional and so wonderful and everything else. But so look out for the Budweiser Budvar one because there's a really some really good stats that make kind of shock you about it. And it's definitely going to go against the grain of what a lot of people have been telling you, but I can also give you the facts and actually give you the actual uh, official documentation that I get this these facts from. So at the end of the day, it's not just my opinion or you know, these are actually hard facts and the market facts as well. So it's quite interesting. But the main market fact is this is a very, very popular beer. It's one of the top three um, brands in the Czech Republic. So this should be a good one. Now, we do have a 12. You also get 11. Um, they, they do a few different um, versions of Gambrinus. Um, this is a 10. I think I've got a 12. And I'm trying to think of the people that I've got loads of them here, actually. I need to check on them. But, oh, there's another one as well. Um, Radigast, that's another one. Radigast, sorry. Radigast is another one that's, uh, that that makes a top four. So you've got Radigast, Kozel, Pilsner or Kel, and uh, Gambrinus. What's missing from the top four and the top five, and keep on going, is Budweiser Budvar. And there's a reason for that. There's a real big reason. It's quite shocking, actually. <laughs> but yeah, we'll cover that. So I'm not going to give that away just now. But anyway, let's. Uh, I'll do the wee thing there. We'll, we'll crack this open and uh, see what it's like. Now, there isn't really much spiel on it. Um, it just gives you all the kind of uh, details of the brewery. Um, gives you the killer jewels, all that kind of stuff. Um, they also give you the licensing board and everything else. And uh, yeah, it basically just says uh, one of the Czechs, Republic's 
most popular beers um, brewed in the traditional Czech way using Sladek hops um, and that's really it, nothing else and of course it's, it's, it's a light pale lager and uh, yeah but yes, so yes is a the original. So let, let's crack it open and uh, put it in a glass. Don't, don't be, don't be, I always dodgy with cans. Bottles, yeah, you're not too bad, but you usually tend to get more kind of, oh, you know, the fountains with, with cans. So, and that's why we don't use cans very often. So let's get this poured. So this was out the fridge and I left it for a period. So I left it for a period to kind of give it a... Jesus, I'm in a muscle harmony. Anyway, but it's how they bloody pour anyway. Now, if I remember rightly from this, drinking this in the Czech Republic, there should be a little kind of underlying, a good kind of underlying sweetness to it. You will get this. You won't get so much of a... A bitter finish. What you'll get is a slightly, slightly clean and dry finish. Is what you should normally get with this. So it'll be interesting to see if this is what we're going to get from the can. So anyway, for people on the podcast, it's uh, it's in a colzo glass. It's because uh, I wasn't sure I was going to put it in a blooming Budweiser Budvar glass or anything else and that type of stuff, or a Sarah Brown because it is obviously one of the the more popular beer. So I ain't going to put it in a competitions glass. And uh, I would have put it in one of my normal clear glasses of this shape, but I've only got one left and I can't bloody find it because uh, the oldest boy's been wrecking them. So they've been smashing them like fuck. I don't know what they're doing. Fucking bored of going to smash his fucking glasses or something, you know. All right, yeah, rocket. So, yeah, so I've had to get some of these glasses and that just now. Just because they're quite robust, because the ones that I got, I got them from Tesco's and, uh, well, you look at them the wrong way and they're like, I've had enough, you know. I'll just crack, smash, whatever. So yeah, so yeah, for the people on the Czech Republic, what the hell am I talking about? For the people in the podcast, um, there's a slight. It's not completely clear. There's just a slight, ever so slight heat, and it's nice kind of carbonation as you can kind of see, nicely golden, very tight head, which is very kind of normal for Czech Czech beers. Um, they do like a tight head. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so yes. And uh, overall, what does it smell of? Well, you are getting kind of, you're getting malt, you're getting sweet, you are getting all the kind of lager, kind of grain smells as well. So yeah, not really getting any citrusy, any kind of lemony there. So, but I wouldn't expect to get that because again. One of the major things about the Czech Republic is they understand the importance of malt. And even if they're doing a light beer, they understand that malt is important and malt is one of, if not the most important ingredient. Over here, we're creaming over the hops. Oh, look at the hops. Oh, this is the hops they're using. Oh, it's fucking mal, is it? Well, really, it's, uh, it's getting the yield right from the malt and the grains is, is more important, really. And uh, yeast strain again is also very important in the in the Czech Republic with their kind of brewing. So overall, it just it was just a slightly kind of 
opaqueness to it. It's not completely clear. It's still quite clear. You I mean, there's no problem seeing your hand and things like that and your fingerprints and things like that. But there is just a, a slight kind of uh, cloudiness, a slight opaqueness to it. So it's not crystal clear. So let's see what it tastes like. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's nice. Oh, I'm happy now. I'm happy. And the last review I did was uh, the Yorkshire Pudding Beer. I'm telling you, it's no comparison. Also, there's no comparison if you basically go on about uh, this Checkmates from Thornbridge Brewery. For what that tastes like, which was... Jesus, it was like a kind of half-assed ale, really than a, a lager. This has got a, this is a completely different kettle of fish, and uh, there's a nice balance too. There is now. I'll be honest, lagers aren't my first choice. Although I'll be totally honest, I do prefer Czech lagers a lot more than I than the general ones. General ones are fine, okay. I can take them or leave them. Um, but I got used to drinking more Czech lagers when I was living in Russia and uh, I do like them and if it comes down to it as I can I've had sessions and nights on the the Czech beers and everything else and woken up with stinking hangovers and things like that but one other thing I like about it is they've also got some nice dark lagers and dark beers that they do as well so you can chop and change which is quite good and uh, one of the things they used to do was um, there was a, a pub chain that I used to go to called Svanya and Svanya is a kind of a, a working kind of mains kind of pub and everything's all done with checker plates and kind of metal and wood and things like that so it's quite kind of industrial and rustic and one of the great things about it was is that uh, you could actually get beer so you'd order your beer and you'd get it pumped to your table which, I'll be totally honest, that's that's a fucking danger, that is, seriously. And uh, what we'd do is we'd start off with the lighter stuff and then as we're kind of getting in, we're kind of slowing down and all that, then we'll get it changed and we'll get it purged and then, they'll, you know, they'll send one of the darker ones to us. So we used to maybe get Kozel Chomney, Kozel Dark, um, sent to the, the table and things like that. And, of course, you're eating there. It's like the restaurant and get food... In fact, one of the ones I went there, I uh, went there for the, was it the UEFA? UEFA Cup final. I think it was Glasgow Rangers versus, uh, um, St. Petersburg, wasn't it? Yeah. Against St. Petersburg. And... Uh, Obviously, the Russians won, which was quite good because I was supporting the Russians because sure as I wasn't supporting Glasgow Rangers. Sure as I wouldn't be supporting Glasgow Celtic either. I'm a Dundee United supporter, so don't support the ugly sisters. Hassled. Um, But yeah, that was some night. Jesus God, that was absolutely crazy. So it was. Um, on that night. But uh, I used to like that. I used to be able to like getting different beers. And if you can, can get me, we get bored. Well, let, let's we try something else. I come on. Like, like, what do we go for? And it was good. And then what you do is they'll give you your kind of uh, volume dispensed at the end. And then you just pay it for that. It was 
sweeties and it was great and I used to love doing that. I used to love going to Swan and uh, getting a right good skinful. And a lot of it was different Czech beers as well. You were getting um to your table and it was just it was just how would you say um more mature. You know, the problem is in this country we have a kind of stigma about alcohol, unfortunately. And uh, beer and everything else, you know, it's a, it's, a tab it's a taboo thing and it's uncouth and it's everything else. And, uh, you know, whereas uh, it's something to be more celebrated in a lot of different countries, including the Czech Republic, but also in Russia and things like that. And a lot of Eastern Europe, Poland, Hungary. In fact, we've got some good some Hungarian beers and we've got some Slovak is that bastard with his fucking car again Jesus Christ he'll be in there riding his fucking girlfriend or something that fucking instead of fanning about that fucking Astra is what a freak it's always a bloody same drive you up the wall listen to it but yeah as I was saying as well I've actually got some Slovak beers as well because I've got some Slovak because Obviously, for a period, yeah, had obviously Czechoslovakia, which is the, the two countries were kind of living together side by side, and, and uh, they shared a lot of their culture um, over that period of the kind of uh, um, interference, as I call it, the period of interference. And uh, so we've got some Slovak beers to do as well, which again have gained from their uh, interactions with. Um, the Czech side, making a bohemian side and things like that um, of Czechoslovakia. So, again, that'd be quite good. As you can see, the the head's kind of gone down. Now, this is more the kind of norms what you get now, which is quite good. So, let's give a few sips of this and then we'll break down the flavours. First thing I do notice... It's a nice, slightly creamy caramel edge to it. It is one of the sweeter Czech lagers. It is uh, an easy drinking lager, and that's why it is, it is, a, it is a session lager. It's 4.3%. It is a session lager. And I'll be totally honest, it's drunk by the gallon. And uh, it's one of these ones what, what you would put down for as a, as a lunchtime brew as well. I mean, a lot of the people will have this at lunchtime in the kind of uh, old kind of style kind of uh, Czech canteens and things like that. Because, again, that was a normal thing. Having a beer with your lunch and all that. Because we're all grown-ups, you know, and having a beer with your lunch was a normal thing. Jesus, over here. You have a beer with your lunch at work? Oh, hell, we'd break loose. Seriously. You'd be out in your ear straight away. Oh, and you'd be, oh, cold every name under the sun. It'd be accused of God knows what alcoholism and drunkenness and orgies just very strange but yeah but yeah there's just a nice kind of slightly caramelness to it and again the hops are only just bringing balance to it but your main flavours are malt forward and that's one of the things you're going to, you're going to understand that a lot of Czech beers are malt forward even though they can counteract them and give you bitterness with the hops and things like that depending on how the 
they're brewing the beer and what type of beer they want to get because there is different styles of Czech lager. This is more of a clean, finished, easy drinking, sessionable lager. But you will get ones with a bit more pepperiness, a bit more um, bitterness in the aftertaste and things like that. But yeah, these ones, they are nice. They are. You could, you could just sink it. You really could. But anyway, let's try to break down these flavours because Jesus, we're cracking on here. Right, start off front of the mouth, you get some nice malt, a little bit of kind of creamy caramelness there. We're getting a, a good underlying sweetness and they get some nice grains, but the grain flavours are almost melted into this kind of creamy caramel. This is the thing. I mean, a lot of times if you look at laggers especially in germany and even in the uk and things like that but a lot of european types of laggers the grain kind of sits separate it it's a strange one the grains kind of work with the malt and ales but then if we make a british lager the grain just kind of sits there kind of slightly isolated and it doesn't really connect so much with the malt whereas you get that with the czech laggers the czech laggers the malt and the kind of uh, caramelous kind of malty flavours tend to kind of blend with the grain so they kind of they have this kind of uh, amalgamation and the kind of the three of them all just kind of work really well together um at the front of the mouth now again this is a bit of a sweeter one so i'm not saying it's really sweet but it is on, on the sweeter end of a Czech lager. So again, if you're not so much into the kind of sweeter kind of uh, beers, then you may be better to go for one of the other ones. Like Kozo's got a quite good bitter finish and a bit of pepperness and things like that. But there's other ones as well. But you'll notice a bit of a difference between this as a 12 and then a 10. And I think we do have the 12 somewhere. We'll be kicking about somewhere. Oh God, looking over there I can see tenants as well. God. But yeah, what I will do is at some point I will obviously do a big group test as well of the ones that we've done as Czech Laggers. We'll do them as a group test just to also kind of compare them as well. So we'll do them individually, but I've also got extra ones there that we can do a big group test as well, which would be a bit more interesting because then you can we can really pair them off against each other. So then you move on to the, the mid-tongue. Sweetness dies down ever so slightly, but you're still getting this kind of caramel flavour in the mid-tongue. And uh, you get some nice multi flavours again in the mid-tongue. And the grain's still there as well. That hasn't really dissipated. And all you're just getting is a slightly reinforcement. A kind of a nice kind of uh, calm reinforcement of what you're getting at the front of the mouth. Um... You are getting maybe some slight pepperiness, ever so slight pepperiness in the mid-tongue, but again, a very light accent. The main flavours is really kind of, of malt, slightly creamy caramel, sweetness, and uh, some grain, which is uh, quite nice. Um, again, I do prefer things a little bit more savoury rather than sweet and that type of stuff. But again, it's not secondly sweet or anything like that, um, but it is on the sweeter end. And then basically you move on to the kind of aftertaste. 
or in the aftertaste. Again, just a little bit of dryness in the aftertaste. So it's just ever so slight acidity change. You just get a little bit of dryness, but it's quite a quick, clean finish. And maybe just little hints, ever just little hints of bitterness, just a little hint. But again, very gentle, very quick, very clean finish. So it doesn't linger, it's just, you know, it dissipates very, very quickly. And overall, in general, it's just a very nice, easy drinking lager. And the thing is, as you start getting more acclimatised to it, the sweetness just tend to kind of die down a bit as your mouth becomes used to it. But initially you'll think, well, get a, a decent bit of sweetness here. But it does kind of calm down after a few sips and your mouth gets more acclimatised. But you do always get this kind of slightly kind of creamy caramel um, accent flavours, which, which is quite nice and a bit unusual. But again, it just shows you that the Czechs understand that the malt is very, very important. And I think that's one of the big problems where the craft beer industry has kind of lost sight of it. Yeah. They, they like the kind of hot forward beers, that's that's fine, that's great, that's wonderful. But the problem is, though, is one of the major things is your main flavours come from your malt, and they're very, very important. And uh, they also bring out a robustness. I mean, you can have a malt forward beer, but you do it as our alcohol. Trust me, you can have as many hops in it as you like. The alcohol will just basically cut straight through them and it will just destroy it on a high alcohol beer that's hot forward. Whereas the more traditional way of doing a high alcohol beer is to basically make it malt forward because the malt has the robust flavours that can basically hold down the alcohol flavouring so it's not really overly affecting the kind of feel of the beer, the mouth feel and uh, the flavour of the beer. And this is one of the things, there's so many aspects to the malt that unfortunately is ignored in a lot of craft brewing and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm not a huge big fan of craft beers is because you're throwing the baby out with the bath water you, you, you're so obsessed with the rubber duck that you forgot about you're supposed to be bathing the baby you know what I mean and you just chuck the baby out with the bath water but hey we've got the rubber duck and it feels like that you know I'll tell you what put the rubber duck down and concentrate on the baby because that, that's what people buy beer for is really for the malt and the grain. Um, not so much the hops. The hops bring accent flavours and help to bring balance and everything else. But they're not supposed to really be a core flavour. That's the reality of it. And while you're trying to make them as core flavours, well, guess what? The country that drinks more beer than any other country per head of population understand that malt is so important and they're not creaming their panties over hops the way they are in the UK and America and a lot of these other places. You're thinking, calm it down, boys. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like adults here. That's, that's what it feels like. Instead of the kids, oh, look, look, I made an ice cream beer. <laughs> and I've put loads of citrus because citrus is renowned to go with ice cream, doesn't it? No. Fuck off, Brew Dog. You know, it's like that type of scenario. But yeah, nice beer. But what would I give this out of 10? There's a question. What would I give this out of 10? Again, my own opinion is that uh, 
it's a beer that would be very easy to go with food. I can understand and go with lots of different food. Now, I'm not going to pair it with anything and that type of stuff. But what I would say is, because it's such an easy drinking session of beer, it's not going to clash with food. Because obviously sometimes the cases where you can get that kind of bitterness and everything else and just, you know, reacts with whatever food you're eating. Well, this is just very easy drinking. Um... I do always like more bitterness um, in my beers. Um, and I, I like the malt forward, so again, not a problem with this. So again, that's probably another reason why I enjoy Czech lagers more, because the, the malt does play such a big part. But I do like them a little bit uh, more bitterness, and maybe a little bit less sweetness. But... If I walked into any British pub and had this on tap, or even if they had it in cans, and say, well, you want one? Yeah, I would take it, because it is a nice, good standard beer. And that it is, it's a good standard Czech beer, just to kind of uh, start off with, and that's why I chose it. And uh, I think if you're going to get any Czech beers, drop your Budwars, drop your uh, Star of Pramans, and even your Pilsner or Kale. Start off with like a Gandrinus original number 10 4.3% and I think it's a case as well be a good place to start a good place to start to understand Czech beers and uh, there's a reason why it's very popular the reason why they drink shitloads of it in the Czech Republic because it's a good standard beer that's consistent and reliable so on that basis what would I give this I would give it a very good straightforward on a lager scale, remember I'm taking it as a kind of a lager, because this is what this is really about, then I would, I'm telling between six, six and a half. I mean, it really is just a really, I mean, it is above average from that, but it's just a good standard, good box standard, good thing to start with. So yeah, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Good six and a half, easy drinking, as you can see, there's not much left in the glass. I've been wiring in, but yeah, nice flavours. Nice robust flavours as well, and uh, yeah, if you want to know what a Czech lager tastes like, a good basic standard Czech lager, this is a good one to start with. It's a good one to kind of let you know and get you to understand that just because it's a lager, it still needs the malt, and the malt will carry it. And the better the malt, and the more forward the malt, the better lager you will get at the end of it. Nobody wants this kind of wishy-washy. I mean, this is not wishy-washy in any way. It's not watery. I mean, everybody associates lager in the UK with it. It's kind of a watery beer, and especially in America. Jesus God, you know. I mean, my piss has got more flavour than half the bloody uh, watery lagers. The, the Pilsners, as they call it, you know, the Budweiser's, the Budweiser um, lights, uh, the Coors, and oh, Jesus God, and everything else. They are a bit watery. Um, because they're based on a more German style, which again they kind of draw back the, the malt, whereas the Czechs they kind of give you more malt. So yes, it's a good way of getting understanding of where malt sits in the process with uh, Czech lagers compared to a lot of other lagers and pilsners. Because that's another thing it just <clears throat> I don't really understand is there's so many other pilsners made round about the world, but they all seem to forget to add the malt 
and then you can have sufficient quantity to really think, well, if you're doing a Pilsner style beer, where the fuck is the malt? You know? And this is one of my biggest bugbears probably about laggers and why I get bored with them and just can't be arsed with them is like they pick a name and put it on the, the bottle or the, or the can you think no you've missed the whole point there's got to be a robustness to it there's got to be a bit of body to it there's got to be a good malt flavour to it and you just ignored all that you made a watery piece of piss and you think oh I'm going to call it Pilsner you know it's like that you know it's like so my view is is yeah Give this a go if you can. And of course, if you want, now let me know if you want this. I'll put the details down of the different places where I got these beers. And they're not expensive and they're quite easy to get. And these companies, I get nothing from them. And these companies are quite happy to basically supply you with, without any issues or problems. And yeah, usually if you order it within two days, you've got your beer. And uh, yeah, I think this was... Well, it was, it was well under two quid. I think it was roughly about 160, 170 for a tin. I mean, come on, 500ml, 4.3%, in the Czech Republic. You know, I would rather buy that than buy any of the kind of mainstream piss watches that are basically the same price. So there you go. So you can complain and say, oh, yeah, the laggers are shit in the UK. Yeah, they are. The majority of them are. But it doesn't take much to get a better beer sent to your door, you know. And it's not going to cost you. Okay, you got a bit of delivery, but I think I did a, a load of them, and I think it was only six quid delivery. Six quid, and I ordered that, an absolute queen of them. So it was, and it was well packed and everything else, and yeah, no complaints. And uh, it's strange that I can get beers sent to here that are from the Czech Republic cheaper than I can get beers that are made down just down the road and you're thinking why are they charging you so much because at the end of the day um, we like to, to screw people over in the UK especially our own people so yes so it's a 6.5 out of 10 it's a 500ml can it's roughly about 160 170 to buy it online if you want the details I'll put them down below if you don't nobody asks for it then I won't bother so I'll just leave it as that but if you want it let us know and I'll put it actually in the kind of uh information but um in the video and uh you can go and get some for yourself and, and try it out and uh yeah 500 mil 4.3 percent six and a half out of ten thanks for watching cheers bye for now <music>